The scripture this morning, uh, we're actually, uh, I'm pretty sure, going to finish up Galatians today. We'll finish up Galatians um, chapter 6, verses 6 through 17. And uh, the primary push uh, that I want to uh, really emphasize in this scripture is the principle of reaping, sowing and reaping, reaping and sowing, sowing and reaping. This is the principle that I want to teach today from this section of scripture. It's in the first part of the scriptures, but it has implications from the first part of the scripture to the end of the scriptures. And we'll get to that in a second. I'll tell you what your one seed is for. So as we get into the word of God this morning, and as we, um, I can just keep hearing that feedback on me. It's just distracting. I, I hate to say it again, but I just don't want to get distracted. I want the Word of God to go forth. So as we get into the Word of God this morning, and before I uh, speak the Word, I want to pray and ask the Lord to uh, help us to understand. Remember, we need the Spirit of God to reveal to us what His Word is teaching. So let's go before the throne of grace, and let's ask the Lord who is faithful to do that for us today. God, I pray and I ask, Lord, that you would help us to understand the Word's uh, that will be uh, spoken today. I pray that your word would go forth as that seed and that it would be uh, planted in our hearts, God. If, this, if it's already planted there, Lord, that it would be watered today, that it would grow into this magnificent tree to display the fruit of the Spirit, that it would feed many around us, Lord, that it would plant other seeds, God, that it would, that it would uh, permeate our lives, God, that there would be uh, trees of life all around us, started and planted by the Holy Spirit, Lord. I pray that the gospel of Christ would be, would be uh, absolutely echoing in our lives and in the lives of those around us. And every opportunity we get to sow a seed, that we would be faithful, not only to recognize it, but to do it. Lord Jesus, may we have a, uh, a bountiful harvest, Lord. I know the the harvest is ready, but the workers are few. I know that, God. And so today, I ask uh, that you would uh, ask that the Holy Spirit would do a work in here among us. Father, would you proclaim that right now? Would you have us call to the breath, call to the Holy Spirit that he would awaken these, these hearts, God? That he would awaken these harvesters, God? That he would awaken these workers, that they would see and discern what is the call of God and that they would be ready willing uh, to go out in the community to reap God, to sow, to do whatever is necessary to build the kingdom of God. I pray that you would free us from the fears and uh, the sins that bind us and, and keep us from running that race, God. Do a, do a mighty work among us this morning. This is what I'm, I'm asking, God. And so I know that you're going to be faithful. We pray it all in Christ's name that gets things done. Uh, in the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Okay, so as we go into the scriptures uh, to dig out these truths that God has for us, uh, I want you to stand to your feet in reverence to God's word and out of respect to God's word, and I'll read and then we'll go back and, and unpack God's word. So we're starting in verse <coughs> 6. We did 1 through 5 last week, uh, starting in verse 6, and it reads like this. Let the one who has taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, 
But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. See with what large letters I am writing you, uh, to you with my own hand? It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not, in, do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything, uh, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. May God bless the reading and the hearing of his word. Now, that's a lot of ground to cover, but I really see this as one, uh, one fluent thought, one flow of thought through the scriptures. Now, there's tons of theological information here that we could spend at least 10 weeks going over just this section. But I want to uh, be a little more brief because I, I in my uh, ministry to you. I believe that the Lord wants me to just draw out a couple of things here that we need to emphasize that really need to be placed and, and uh, planted into our lives so that we could have the greatest harvest that we've ever had, spiritually speaking, here at the well. Don't you want a fruitful ministry here at the well? Don't you? Well, the fruitful ministry isn't just uh, tied to me. Some of you think that it is. You think that it's all my job to do it. Uh, it's not just tied. Some of you are a little bit more mature than that, and you think that it's tied to me and Mark and Hambone. But that's also a, 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 a little bit short of what the call is. Some of you are a little bit more mature, and you think that it's called to me, Mark, and Hambone, who are the elders, and then to the leaders of the different teams in here, such as the evangelism team or the teaching ministry or Kidwell. And so you'll add in Dustin or Deb or, or uh, Anna or other people in that ministry, maybe Robert or, or whoever else, and you say, oh, they're doing good a good job over there. Oh, the ministry, they're doing ministry over there. But what we fail to realize is, is that you are a sower of seeds as well. Did everyone get a seed? Raise your hand if you did not get a seed. Here, we got three seeds missing right here. We need three seeds right here. You are a sower of the seed as well. It is not the ministry, it is not the job solely of the leadership to do ministry in the church. But it is the job of the whole church to work together as an organism, as the body of Christ, to be used by Christ, to infiltrate the world, overcome the world, and build the kingdom of God. Hey, let me ask you guys who are filming this and you told me and I can't step up. What if I set this here and it would keep me from moving too forward? Is that better? <laughs> New do something. <laughs> Sounded like a redneck poor e back there to me. Is that better? Okay, all right, so uh, this will be my block. I can't go beyond here. How about that? Because I'm a wanderer. 
So the question, when I asked you, I said, do you want the ministry to move forward here? Do you want the ministry to explode and to be fruitful here? And everybody's like, yeah, but I'm not willing to do it. Right? Yeah, I hope that we reach the world. But somebody's got to come over to my house. Somebody's got to come to my town. Somebody's got to come to my side of the tracks because I, I want to see it happen, but I'm not willing to do it. You see, we need to all be sowers of the gospel that we could reap a harvest anywhere and everywhere. That's what you're called to do. And so this morning as we think about this, I want to put you on the hot seat and me on the hot seat. Don't look at your neighbor. Don't look at the other neighbor. Don't look in front of you. Don't be elbowing your spouse. None of this this morning. I want you to think about what God's calling you to do and what he's calling me to do. And let's move, okay? Let's move. So let's, let's break down the scriptures a little bit. Let's unpack it just a little bit. Okay. <clears throat> Verse 6. Let the one who has taught the word share all good things with the one who, he, the one who teaches. Let me, sorry. Am I off camera now? Can you see me now? Good. Yes. There we go. Thanks, guys, for all the help. Whose water is this? It's been broken. Can I have a water, please? Well, you got one you ain't slobbered on? I'd drink it if you slobbered on it. Not really. I was just kidding. Yeah, you're right. Okay. This, oh, man. Can you see me now? Okay, that was a lot of work that was unnecessary for the pastor to do, just so you know. Okay, all right, we're ready now. I think there was a spiritual application to some of that somewhere. We'll get to it in a little while. <laughs> so, <clears throat> all right, what I want to look at is what does the Scripture teach about sowing and reaping, and what is it that we're supposed to be putting ourselves into? What is the investment that we're called to make? What does it look like? Many people take this passage and they only want to talk about money. And we need to talk about money because some of y'all are cheap, okay? And you're not laughing because you're the ones that are cheap or what? I don't know. I don't understand. So, but what do we do? We come into the church. We make a good, I mean, there are some poor people in here, but there's a lot of people in here who have plenty of money. But, but we come into the church and we've spent who knows how much money through the week on stuff that are just, that's just stupid. I spend money on stupid stuff, right? You do too, right? All of you I see walking around with, with 25-ounce Red Bulls. I know that circle was 10 bucks, okay? Okay? Now, now let's, let's t take it back to reality. I, now, I stopped drinking Red Bull unless somebody buys me one. So, but I know that those big ones, the 20-ouncers, are $5. I know that because I used to buy them. Five bucks. Now, I know I see people who drink two and three of those a day. Now, that's 10, 15 bucks. But let's say it's one a day. That's five bucks. You spend five bucks on a Red Bull every day of the week. How much is that five days? No, let's go ahead and say seven because you know you're addicted. So seven days a week, $5 a day. How much is it? $35. It's 35, not 30, Mark. I'm <laughs> no, just kidding. $35 a week. Now, 
That same person, now I have, this is not to anybody, so if you do this, it was God speaking to you and not me. It was prophetic words, I guess. But that same person comes into the church, the house of God, where God's people gather, and the offering plate comes around, or the bucket in our case, and he drops a tin in there and feels great about himself. Now, or 20, or 35. Now, what you've done is you've said, the Lord is worth as much to me as my 20-ounce Red Bull every day. Ain't nobody laughing about that, are they? Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Now, I plan on having a biblically-based uh, sermon on tithing and sowing next week. Today won't be about money, not much at all about money. But I am going to teach on money next week, and then the next week will be Revelation. And next week, we'll have the budget for the church to share with everyone so you can see where the money goes in here. And I want to take you, some of you, you don't give because you're cheap. I mean, you don't not give because you're cheap. You, give, you don't give because you're ignorant. Not meaning that you're like a stupid person, but you're ignorant of what the Bible says that we should do. You don't really understand what biblical giving looks like. You don't really understand, okay, well, I've had people ask me, well, are we still under the Old Testament tithe? Do I do 10%? Should I give more? Should I give less? Should I just give whatever I feel like giving? I had some people say, well, preacher, I just reach in my pocket. Whatever I have in there, if it's a lot, I guess I give a lot. And if it's little, I guess I give a little. But most times they can pull out a 20 or a 1 or a 5 and drop it in and be absolutely okay with that. I don't think that's what God kind of meant by the Scripture. So we're going to walk through it next week, and we're going to give a biblical overview of what giving is. Now, I might not have should have told you because half of you may not be here next week. But I will know... Who is truly faithful next week? For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Okay? I'm going to set it up like that. We'll see what happens. Now, but this week we're going to talk about sowing and reaping, and we're going to talk about the major push behind this passage. So let's unpack. Let the one who has taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches him. Now, I put this up here because I want to show you that there's always two uh, aspects of the gospel. There's always two aspects of reality that we have to keep in mind. Now, I showed you a lot of this when we did the upside down kingdom, if you'll remember. There are two aspects to everything. There is an extreme on one side and there is an extreme on the other side. And nine times out of 10, the, the right biblical correct thought is right in the center of it. It's always right in the middle of you get two extreme ideas. Most of the time, the truth is right in the middle. But in the same way, there are also uh, things that march around as angels of light. That's what the Bible says that Satan uh, parades as an angel of light. There are things that disguise themselves as good things when, when really, in reality, they're not good things. They're evil things and evil spirits that speak words that sound very good. They speak words that sound very biblical. And therefore, a lot of the times, the things that we're doing, we're completely fine with, not because we're necessarily evil, but because we're not in the word enough to be able to discern what is right and what is wrong. What does the scripture say that we should do with every spirit that speaks to us is to test it. We test it. What do we use to test everything? The word of God. So if you're not in the word, will you have that rubric? Will you have that, 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 that standard to test it by to see whether or not, right? You ain't going to have it. So you're just going to be like, oh, that sounds good. 
I have people come up to me and, and they tell me things that, that they hear all the time. One that I hear all the time, and I'm so sorry if you've said this, is that when someone passes, they say, heaven gained another angel. Where did you hear that? That is not biblical. People do not become angels when they die. You do understand that. Angels and humans are two totally different things. They're both creation, but people do not become angels, and angels do not become people. Angels become demons when they fall, but people do not become angels. My whole point is this. Now, I'm sorry if I just busted that bubble for you, but my whole point is this, is that sometimes we hear something and we just think, oh, that sounds good, and so we just gobble it right up. But God is saying, you need to understand the scripture so that you can be able to discern, which harks back to last week when we spoke about the spiritual one is the one that should restore a brother if he has fallen into any transgression because he has discernment. And we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says that these things, talking about the hidden things of God, the hidden wisdom of God, are revealed to us by what? By who? The Holy Spirit. So we need to be walking in steps. That's why Paul says in Galatians, we need to be walking in step with the Spirit so that we can rightly discern, we rightly divide the word of truth, we can rightly understand with godly wisdom which way do we go, what, what thing do we do, uh, what, what advice do we give, and so we can be able to discern this. Now, this is a supernatural thing. It's not a natural thing. The, nat the, the spiritual things that the, the, the natural man doesn't accept, they're foolishness to him. It's absolute foolishness. Have you ever been talking to somebody about the cross and you can feel the Holy Spirit moving and they're looking at you like you're just dumb as dirt? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I mean, it's sad for them, but I'm looking at that going, man, God gave me eyes to see. Wow. Why? Now, what I want to show you is, is that there are teachers and there are false teachers. There are things of God, and there are things not of God. Uh, this text would say it this way. There are spiritual things, and there are fleshly. Oh, I don't need a knee. Fleshly things. I want to read a little bit further, and we're going to kind of jump back a little bit. It says, Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For here it is. For the one who sows to the flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Now, there's going to be two people who sow. Two people who sow. There are the hearers. Just for you, Robert. I like this one because it squeaks anyway. I can't spell this morning. Uh, hearers on both sides, okay? So there's false teachers, uh, false teachers and teachers, spiritual teachers, and there are hearers. Now, there is sowing going both ways. There is sowing from the spiritual teacher 
to the hearer, and there is sowing from the false teacher to the hearer. There is also sowing from the hearer to the false teacher, and from the hearer to the real teacher, the spiritual teacher. So there's sowers going in both directions. Now, I'm right now sowing. This is what I'm doing. See, this is the gift that God has given me. Now, I have other gifts in ministry, but none of them are as strong as this gifting. Now, there's a whole, there's so many sermons here. I just want to chase these rabbits left and right. I don't know which one even to chase. But a lot of the times, I'll give this quick snippet. A lot of the times, I'm so controlling and I'm so, I'm so untrusting or mistrusting that I try to operate someone else in their giftings. And so I'll get out of my lane. We talked about this morning with the worship team. I'll get out of my lane and I'll run over to your lane and say, look, this is how you need to be running. But they're looking at me going, you're a preacher. I'm a guitarist. Why are you telling me how to play guitar? Go preach. So if I would be, now Josh gave me this word last week and brother, it was from God. It was, it was from God. Josh said, and I don't know, was you rebuking me? I receive it. I receive it. It was a little painful. It was like, oh, good word, you know? But he said, he said, like he was talking about somebody else. It was like one of those passive elbows, you know? He was like, you know, if those other people would, would do their ministry as excellent as they, as they expected everyone else to do their ministry, nobody would, nobody would uh, uh, have any worries whatsoever. My bad, Josh. <laughs> My bad, dog. That's all I'm saying, okay? So, but he's right. God is right. I mean, I mean, God's word is enough, right? So this is, this is how I sow. And there's other ways that I sow, but this is at my, my primary way of sowing. Now, you as hearers, you will have a, uh, an active way to sow and a passive way to sow. This, these teachers right here, these are those who are gifted with the gift of teaching, Okay. Now I would almost guarantee you, some people think they're teachers and they're really not. They don't have that gift. They need to stop teaching and figure out what else it is that they're gifted for. Now I say that not in pride because this may be my gifting, but I can't play guitar. So I don't need to be over in his lane trying to do his thing. Right? I don't need to try to sing and play guitar. And all this. I can't do that. Now, if I really think that's cool, I might try it, but I would stink at it and I need to stop. But there are people, these are people who are gifted. I'd almost guarantee you that these people are gifted to teach as well. They're only teaching for the enemy, though. They need to sit the transformed, regenerated, born again, so that they can take their gifting and use it the way it was intended to be used. So this is sowing into the ministry. This is sowing what God has called you to sow. So is this. But this is, I'm just going to call it, and I don't, I'm just kind of making this up as I go from the scriptures. I'm going to call this passive sowing. I'm going to call this this reflective sowing because what happens is these guys sow into you. So I'm sowing into you right now. But as God takes my sowing and plants it into your heart and something grows out of that, I should get some fruit off of your tree. Now you say, he just wants our money. (laughs) No. Well, I mean, yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about. That's not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when I stand before God, when I stand before God, I will answer if you didn't use your gifting right that was grown out of you through the seed that I sowed. And on the other hand, all the fruit that you have, if it came from a seed that I sowed, that God sowed in you through me, then I'll get some of that reward. 
So get to work, people. I say this often that that ham bone, I believe, may be, well, okay, let's not even say maybe. He'll be the most rewarded man that I know. Why? Why do I say that? Because he's so amazing? Ham bone is amazing. That's not why I say it, though. Amen. I don't even remember what the count is. He told me a while back, but there's a multitude of people who are now full-time ministers that he, that was in his youth group at some point, that came to know the Lord because of the seeds that he sowed. And I fully believe that the Bible teaches that he will reap many of those things. Paul says uh, that, that he prays for the different churches that he went in so that his preaching would not be in vain. So here's, here's the point. If you come to this church or if you're just visiting here, if you go to your church or if you get ticked off at me today because I want your money and you go somewhere else, it still don't change. Wherever you go and whoever pours into you, if he is a true teacher of God. Now, I'm not up here saying I'm the only one that preaches the gospel. No, I would say like Paul, go back and test my words you know that you got permission. If you find it in the scriptures where I was wrong or I, I didn't understand something, you come back to me, I will stand here and say I was wrong and change that, okay? But if the person who is teaching into you, if they're of God and they're trying to teach the scriptures to the best of their ability and if they're accurate and if it does a good work in you and they sow that into you and it grows up into you, then you should share how many things with them? All things. You need to be given when you come to this church. And you don't need to be dropping a five in the plate unless you make $50 a week as a minimum. We'll, take, we'll talk about that some next week, okay? People say, I'm freed from the tithes. I don't think you're going to like what the Bible actually teaches, okay? Show up next week, I'll tell you. But he says, let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. I'm going to tell you what's the truth right now, and you'll see this next week. A pastor of a church this size would generally make ninety dollars to $100,000, okay? I'll tell you right now that the way that we give, and I give too here. I give like you give. But the way that we give here, if, I, if something happened to me, if I fell out of a tree, if I was called to Africa into mission, you couldn't afford to pay somebody unless they came like me and, and didn't mind doing bivocational and working. We can't afford to pay a pastor what a church this size should be paying. Why is that? Maybe it's for legitimate reasons. Maybe you guys, you really don't have any money. Listen, I don't, I don't need any more money. I, I make 400 bucks a week here at the well. That's what I make here. That buys groceries for my humongous family. <laughs> But I'm, but I'm okay with that. See, the Lord, is, the Lord has blessed me in, in business. I, I mean, that's, that's actually more than I need, you know? I, I would, and if they took that away tomorrow, I'd still preach. I don't, I don't do it for the money here. So I'm not, I'm not jumping on you because of what I get. I'm fine, you know? I, I'm, I'm fine. Even if, even if they said that they couldn't do that, I'm, I'm fine with that. But if I wasn't here, would, would you be able to afford to pay? Are you giving? Are you sowing? I want to read you real quick 
from Martin Luther. Listen to what he says this. And, and this is just something you need to think about. I had to pray about it. My wife and I, a long time ago, had to figure out how we were going to give. Listen to what Luther says. The reason why the churches of Galatia, Corinth, and other places were troubled by false apostles was this, that they had so little regard for their faithful ministers. Do you hear that? You cannot refuse to give a penny who gives you all good things, even life eternal, and turn around and give the devil, the giver of all evil and death eternal, pieces of gold and not be punished for it. Share with those who teach you. Now this, you know, it sounds like I'm talking about just me, but there are many people who pour into you in this church. Share with them. Give them an encouraging word. It's not just about money. Give them an encouraging word. Let them share in that fruit. Let them share in that fruit. Now, I need to move on. We're going to talk about the, the principle of tithing next week. But that's not, that's not really the, the, the push of it today. So it says, let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption will reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So there's, <clears throat> there's lots of sowing going on. The teachers are sowing. The hearers are sowing. So the teachers uh, sow words of, of God. They sow spiritually, and they should reap all things, the Bible says, whether this be physical and spiritual. That's taught all throughout the Scripture, that they should reap spiritual blessing and material blessing, whether it be money or whatever else. Also, these guys over here, they're sowing, but they're sowing according to the flesh. These guys are sowing to the uh, Spirit. These guys are sowing to the Spirit because at the end of the day, the spiritual things are opposed to the flesh. That's what he taught in Galatians right before this, right? So a lot of the times, this doesn't feel good to the flesh. So in order to give it church, you've got to deny your flesh. So it's painful when you slide out that five and you're like, I can give up. Oh, oh the Lord just, oh, this, you got to hear this. How many of us, we give right up to the point that the flesh starts to hurt? I can give, I can spare five today before my flesh feels it. I can give five today before I have to give up the Red Bull. Brother, I can't tithe. I can't afford it. It's a lie from hell. You can't afford not to. I can give. This week I did good. I can give six. Because if I give 20, if I give 50, if I drop 100 in the plate this week, that means my wife and I can't go out to eat and we'll have to cook. How many of us give up to the point where the flesh says, whoa, whoa, this, this is contrary to this. So the spirit, the spirit, as it goes forth and as we sow spiritually, the flesh takes a hit. But now what did Paul say? It said, be careful in those days 
When the people will start to accumulate for themselves pastors and teachers that will tickle their ears, that will tell them what the flesh likes to hear. They will gather together all of these people, all of these teachers that will tell them, just make them smile. Have you not noticed how some of the biggest, most powerful, influential, and economically successful churches have terrible doctrine? Joel Osteen is one of them. These past, I, I heard Kenneth Copeland defending why he needed a jet. And it was so all the demon people wouldn't hinder his prayers as he was flying from one place to another. I'll post it on the Facebook. You can watch it yourself. I'm not saying anything he wouldn't say. But people just give. Why? Because they'll sow to the flesh. Oh, give me more, preacher. Take this money and build this thing because I like to hear it. You telling me what I want to hear and I'm going to pay for it. Like you pay. How much money you go pay to go to the movies? How, when, when, the last time, yeah, I can take my, my fantasy like 800 bucks to go to the movies. <laughs> I'm saying. It's like $15 for a movie ticket, something like that. And then a bag of popcorn is like 28. <laughs> hey, let me ask you this. Let, let me hit you in the mouth like, like the Lord's hitting me this week. How many of you? Now, I want, I want hands raised. We're going to get some confession up in here, okay? How many of you have many times sacrificed more to have a, a movie and popcorn than you have at church? And the rest of you are liars. Right? We go to the movie and they tell us, and we don't, we don't really like that. We're like, $100? That's like three days of work. Okay. The Lord's like, I want, I want you to give this amount. And you're like, what? No. It's not worth it to me. Mm. Mm. Okay. Well, here's the thing. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will also reap eternal life. Now, here's the big deal. Man, the time is passing so fast. <clears throat> is that what happens is, is that these guys, they think they're fooling God as they're doing this ministry. That's why when they stand before the Lord, you see, all the scriptures start to come together now. And it's beautiful how it lines up. I could take you to uh, Numbers 21 through 24. I've been studying Balaam and Balak this week and, and all these principles. But, and I could show you there. But, but, but real simply, they stand before the Lord and the, the Lord says, depart from me for I, they say, Lord, Lord. He says, depart from me for I never knew you. What do they say though? What do they say though? But Lord, we, we did all of these mighty things. We cast out demons. We sowed, Lord. We sowed into this. We sowed into this. We, we, uh, we fed the poor. He said, you, you know, you saw the poor. You didn't feed them. You saw me naked. You, when did we? We did that stuff, Lord. We did that. We did all of these mighty things. Yeah, but who was you doing it for? How many, you see, that's a mocking of God. You, so, so the preacher stands up here, Brennan Priest stands up here and says, you ain't giving like God's calling you to give. And I know some of you aren't. Now, some of you are, but some of you aren't. 
You're like, what do you know? I gave last week. I'm not, I, I'm not even asking if you gave. Not the question I'm concerned about. I'm asking why you gave. You say you gave five bucks? Okay. Absolutely fine with that. Tell me why you gave it. You gave a dollar? Hey, we know that the, we know that the widow's mites, which equaled, what, a penny? were greater than the great and magnificent gifts. It'd be like, it'd be like dropping a, a bankroll in the, in the pot and going, yeah, baby. Did everybody see that? Oh, let me pick it up out and drop it again. Hey, hold on. Listen, look. What's up? And the, and the widow, she just humbly alone, she just drops two mites in and goes on. But Jesus said, who gave more? The widow. You know why? Because she gave everything she had. You say, how much should I give, preacher? Everything. Everything. So should I empty my pocket? That's not necessarily what I'm saying. Have you given your, what was the law of Christ? He said, this is how, these, these, in doing so, they fulfill the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? The Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Are you given in fulfillment of this? Are you given out of this abundant? But the Lord, it says, the Lord is not mocked. He who sows to the flesh, you're going to reap according to the flesh. You're going to reap what? Corruption. That you're not investing. You are blowing. You are not investing your talents. You are not investing your money. You are not investing your gifts. You are not investing your time. You are blowing it. And you are getting your reward right now. You are getting your reward right now. And all of that glory, he says here, let's, let's move down a little bit. He says, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season you will reap. It, you see how all this lines up? This isn't even hard to teach. This is wearisome. This, is, this will drain you. It's hard on you. I know it's hard for you to come in here and give till it hurts. I know. I know. Because your flesh is screaming, no. No, don't do it. And you're saying, back. Satan, back, I will give as the Lord has called me to give, and you so here. Obviously, it's wearisome because he says, and let us not grow weary. Don't get tired of doing good. I know it's hard, but don't get tired. He said, for in due season, we will reap if we, not, if we do not give up. You see, these people right here, they are, they are faithful to give because they get a blessing right now. What's the blessing that they get? Something that makes them feel good. Some good fleshly. Oh, you look so pretty. Oh, you ain't got no some sinners. We don't know sinners. Oh, look at you today in all of your glory. We praise God for you today. And this guy over here is saying, you wretched sinner, repent. <laughs> repent. But what are you? Oh, I just read that text. It says, pure. Yeah. What did that text even start out with earlier? I didn't even, I did not plan that, I promise. Moses said, you adulterous people, purify your hands, you sinners, right? The flesh don't like to hear that. It's like, who this guy think he's talking to? Right? Who's, who, you, who you think? This guy is preaching spiritually. This guy's preaching to the flesh. They love to hear it. This is hard to hear. This, this is immediate reward right now. Right now, I feel good right now. Oh, Joel Osteen, your best life now. When? When? Your best life now. Right now, my wife's like, stop it now. 
Tim Hawkins can do it. <laughs> but you get it now. And the false teachers, they get theirs now too. Right? That's what the scripture says. It says, see with what large letters I'm writing with. So Paul's, obviously, he was like writing on the, on the, um, uh, on the scroll, you know. And he's like, man, these stupid people, I'm going to write really big. He's like, so you see, my words got bigger because this is really important. You are blessing the false teachers, and I'm sitting here telling you the truth, and you're, you're hating me because of it. You're turning your back on me. You're giving to them, and you're, you're making me go without. You're, you're cursing me, and I'm blessing you. Why are you doing this to me? You go out, and you fund the world. You fund the world. Tell me that you're not. Who keeps Charter in business? Who keeps Netflix in business? Who keeps Hulu in business? Who keeps the, the Carmike Cinemas in business? Who keeps? We do. You do. But the church is closing. Because we don't have a problem spending 200 bucks, dropping 200 at, at, at open range, city range. Whatever. We don't have a problem dropping 200 at, at Outback. But we come to the church and we got zippers on our pockets with locks on the top. Nobody knows that combination. He says, you see what large letters I'm writing? It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who force you to be circumcised and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross. You see, these guys sow this way because they are looking for glory right now. We talked about that last week. Is that only the one who is spiritual, who does not think highly of himself? You see, this is the fulfillment of the law of Christ. Love the Lord your God the most and love your neighbor like you would love yourself. You see, these, these guys, don't, they don't love God the most they think they're God and they think they deserve God's glory and they get it right now but these guys they they sow and 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 I watch Hambone he sows and he sows and he goes and he goes and his back is out and his and his leg he's dragging his leg it makes me want to die for the gospel. He sowed into me. He sowed into me, and I want to die for the gospel. And I see him dragging his leg for the gospel of the King of Kings. And <laughs> never even complains. You dragging your leg? dragging our legs for the gospel we're doing what feels good they sow and they sow and you those of you who are here and are faithful I know you're here I don't look at who gives what I don't I did that one time and it ticked me off so I didn't do it again <laughs> no it blessed me too but I don't I don't look anymore I don't because that's for God that's between you and God. I, I don't look. But I know there are some of you here who give and you give and you give and you give and you give. And you give till it hurts. And nobody ever sees. Nobody knows. And you don't get immediate reward. Nobody even knows. 
I've caught glimpses of some of you writing checks for over $1,000 because a brother was in need. But, you, but it wasn't because you showed me. It was because I was nosy. But, but you were writing like this. You know what it makes? You know what it? You know what it sows into me when I see it? Ooh, it sows this desire to give. I just want to. I just want to empty out all my pockets. Just take it, take it all. It's not right now. He says, "Don't let us grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up." You see, men and women of God, I know it's hard. I know it's hard. And I, okay, let's move past money. I've, I, that that horse is dead. Let me. Your time. We're going to break it down next week too. How many hours are in a week? We'll break it down. How many hours in the week do you sow into God and His kingdom and His word? Comparatively speaking. Do you spend more time watching television than reading the Bible? Those who reap to their flesh. I mean those who sow to their flesh. They will reap corruption. Can't get any more clear. And I don't tell you that because I don't like you. I tell it because I love you. So they're sowing and they're sowing and they're sowing and they're sowing and it's so wearisome because they don't ever see reward. They get a glimpse or two here and there when the Lord just shows up and they're like, I'll just tell you what, sometimes I'll get to spending time with the Lord and he's like, I'm going to give you a little bit today. Get some of that right there. And I'm like, yes, Lord. You know, this is what I feel like. You know, I used to do drugs all the time. They ain't got nothing on Jesus. You know, I take a hit of Christ and I'm like, what's up? How y'all doing? Come try me. Try me. That's what I'm saying. I feel just power of God, right? But then some days, man, I sow that, I sow that energy, I sow that strength, and I'm just here. Help me, Lord. Help me. Help me to get through because I don't know how farther I can go. Help me, God. Help me, God. And Paul is saying, I know you're tired. I know you're weary, but hang on. Why does he say hang on? Oh, let's get, we got to get to the gospel. We got, we got as much time as he wants to give. I'm sorry if you need to go, the door's over there. See with what large letters I am writing to you? With my own hand, he says. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised. And only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. They're not willing to give anything up. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. So these guys are sowing into you so that they can get. But these guys are sowing into you so that God might get. No, I didn't even mean to do that. They're not sowing for the Lord. They're sowing for them. But listen to what Paul says. But far be it, <coughs> but far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me. I don't, Psalm 73 just came to my mind. You know, because Paul's, basically Paul's saying, these guys are sowing that they would reap fleshly blessings right here on earth. 
that are temporal. They want their blessing right now. But he says, far be it from me to boast in anything but the cross of Christ. Because the world is dead to me. You know what he's saying? There's nothing here that you can give me that will compare to what I know is coming. So I don't work here. I don't work here for what I get here. I work here for what I get there. (laughs) The psalm says, Whom have I in heaven but you? Earth has nothing I desire besides you. My heart and my flesh, they may fail. My heart and my flesh, they may fail. But God is my strength and my portion forever. He says, far be it from me to boast in anything but the cross. For the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon you and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the brand marks of Christ. Oh. Luke 8, <coughs> 11. says that, that the word of God is the seed that was sown. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky shows His handiwork. And God has shown His love by this. Not that we chose Him, but that He chose us and came as a propitiation for sin. So God in all of His wisdom took on the form of a man and came to dwell among us. And he sowed the ultimate seed into the ground. Jesus Christ took on flesh and he came to the earth to bear our sins. And because he bore our sins and because he bore all of our shame and all of our iniquities, he suffered death. And he was buried in the ground. But after three days, he arose. And he ascended into heaven. And he said, if I go, I will prepare a place for you. That where I am, you may be also. So we have him, this seed planted in the ground. Galatians tells us that who is the seed of Abraham? Christ is the seed of Abraham. Christ is the shoot of Jesse that springs up out of, the, out of the stump that has been cut down. God planted this seed. Hold up the seed you've got in your hand. We've only got one seed worth sowing. That's what Paul says. Far be it from me to boast in anything but the cross of Christ. That seed that you've got is the cross of Christ. That seed is the cross of Christ. And just like God planted the cross of Christ, he planted the seed of the gospel into the ground and it sprung up in three days. Jesus Christ said, I go to prepare a place for you and I must ascend. He said, unless a wheat, a head of wheat dies and goes into the ground, it can't produce anything else. So Jesus died. When you put the seed into the ground, it dies, but only to come alive again. You gotta die to yourself. 
you, we turn the board back over. That's what giving spiritually means. It is opposed to the flesh. So the flesh must die. If you want to be fruitful ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you've got to die to self. And you've got to take the gospel, which is the seed of the word of God. And you've got to plant it deep down into those around you. Paul says, I planted, but Apollo's water, but it's God that gives the increase. You want to reap eternal life? Then you take that seed and you plant it everywhere around you. You plant it into the hearts of men and women. <laughs> you plant it in the hearts of your children. You plant it into the heart of your wife. You plant it in the heart of your husband. You plant it and then you watch it grow. Jesus said, if I go, I will also send one the helper, I will send the helper. I must go that I can send the helper. And when the helper comes, he will teach you all things and guide you in all things. And as these seeds come into the ground, into our hearts, they grow up to produce other trees. And there's fruit on those trees if we're walking in the Spirit. And as these trees go down and they're planted into those people around you, they grow into other trees. And the gospel is permeated and propagated all around us. You know what God has done in, in sending Christ and planting Christ into the ground? He has made one new creation. He has made one new creation. He's made one new tree. One tree. There's only one tree. And on this tree are the people of God children of God. He says, for neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, what rule is that? It's the rule of the cross of Christ being the exception, being the number one, the primary, the only way. Paul says, but far be it from me to boast in anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And anyone who walks by this rule, peace and mercy upon them, upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on the bo my body the marks of Christ. Paul looks back to what he said about the other ministers. What did he say about them? They only try to force you to be circumcised so that they can glory and so that what? so that they will not be persecuted for Christ. Amen? But Paul says, but you know how I'm sowing. You know why I'm sowing what I'm sowing. I'm not sowing to the flesh. I'm not sowing because it feels good right now. He takes his shirt off to see the literal march stripes across his back. And I paraphrase and I and I, and I say this, I can see Paul standing, looking at the false teacher who's beside him, and they're both under trial. I can see him with his shirt off, a ruddy man, a, a beaten, battered, and bruised man. Read the story. Shipwrecked, abandoned, left him for dead multiple times, scars all over his face. And he's looking at the teacher who's done everything to get out of persecution. And he looks at the people of God, and he said, who really loves you? Who really loves God? Who's really here for you? This guy or this guy? Not for his own glory, because he doesn't boast for himself, but for the glory of God, the glory of Christ Jesus. You judge for yourself this day where you're going to sow.
You judge for yourself today how much time you're spending in God. What are you sowing, people of God? What's being sown into you? How are you sowing into those who are sowing into you? Are we working together here? Are you, are you, are you blessing me? Are you giving hoping that, that I would be blessed? Hoping that these other ministers in this church would be blessed? Or are you giving just enough so that your flesh doesn't suffer? Just enough time so your flesh doesn't suffer. Just enough resources till your flesh doesn't suffer. Just enough gifting till your flesh doesn't suffer. Just enough until you don't have to suffer the loss of worldly things. Am I doing that? This ministry, this ministry, if you would give like God is calling you to give, and if I would give like God is calling me to give, and we would give to each other, what does Ephesians 4 say? He gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints that they might grow up into mature manhood and that they might build themselves up in love. One man, one body, supplying the needs of everyone around them so that the gospel would go forth. What do you think about that, church? Doesn't that sound like a powerful move of God? So as we all stand to our feet, as we all stand to our feet and as we look to the gospel of Jesus Christ, stop allowing evil dead seeds to be sown into your life. Consider the cross of Christ and the cross of Christ alone. Please, please sow into that which is eternal. Sow into that which is spiritual. If the word of God does not bless you here and there's falsehood here, then don't sow here. But if you know the word of God is being proclaimed and, and, and Jesus Christ is being worshipped, then by all means sow so that the harvest, so that the harvest would come to fruition. Let's get busy, church. Let's get busy. Let's get busy.